Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro. Before we get to today's episode, a thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. My guest in this episode of Explore the Space podcast is Kelly Martin. Kelly is an amazing actor with a variety of memorable roles through the years, none more so than when she was on ER back in 1999 and 2000 playing a medical student named Lucy Knight. And I know many of you will remember that and remember that whole story arc and the impact that it had on us when it came to an end in February of 2000. Kelly's had an amazing career. She's got a robust social media platform, and she has been really conscious and deliberate about using her platform to be a supporter of healthcare professionals during the pandemic. It's something she is very intentional about, and it's really welcomed, and it's really gratifying to see it and feel it. And I know lots of you have experienced it firsthand when we're all able to interact together. And so she joins us on this episode of the podcast to talk about kind of where that intention comes from, where that mindset and and desire to be part of this community and to be of support and to be transparent about it really comes from. And it was just really wonderful and gratifying to hear it. We did also get to spend some time talking about her time on ER and what she's up to now and and, the, and all of these great things that she is able to put out into the world. It was really, really special. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. You can find the whole archive of Explore the Space podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. You can find us on all of the usual podcast platforms as well. Please do subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. That obviously really helps the show out. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. You can find me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show. And it's a total blast to interact with people who are checking out episodes. And I hope to hear from you after you've heard this one as well. This episode was great. Kelly was absolutely fantastic to speak with. This was a real treat for me. It was a lot of fun. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So without further ado, Kelly Martin. Kelly, welcome to Explore the Space Podcast. I'm delighted you're here, and I'm delighted that I pressed record this time. Yes, I'm happy you pressed record, too. (laughs) (laughs) We weren't too far along, but full acknowledgement, I forgot to press record when we started this. I was very excited that you're here. A lot of reasons for this. One of them is in your ownership of your role as a celebrity, as someone who people look to, who remember, who has a big platform on social media, you are one of the most vocal supporters of healthcare workers. And here in the early part of 2022, that is something that is much appreciated. So I'm going to actually just start by saying thank you for that work. I, I'm not oh. sure what it looks like and feels like we're going to talk about it, but let's just start there with thank you for doing it because it is seen and it is appreciated. I'm so happy. I I really think that if I can bring a smile to anyone's face, it really is kind of the only thing I feel like I can do. I feel very, very helpless. And of course, in the midst of the pandemic, um, you know, w- which we're still in, but when we were all in lockdown and I saw, you know, all these doctors and nurses and healthcare workers just going 
to work when I am sitting at my home being terrified, yet there they are, these warriors going to take care of people. I just wanted to like, I just wanted to hug them. So I just decided that through Twitter, I would, I would hug them and I would just be their champion and let them know that I'm thinking of them. Um, and I'm so grateful and I'm going to do everything I possibly can to not need their care. <laughs> That's like my, my family <laughs> and I are home, not needing you. You have yeah. your hands full. It's become a little bit of an obsession. I mean, I, I would, if you look at who I follow on Twitter, it's all doctors now. Um, I just, I crave this information on the ground. I feel like it's the most accurate information from these doctors who are in the room in the moment. Um, and then so, so um, honestly coming home exhausted after a shift yet getting on Twitter and sharing what they've learned. Um, I'm so grateful for that. That's uh, it's nice to hear you. You sort of see that, that part of it for us. We've talked a lot on Explore the Space over the last couple of years around how that communication for us has really been pivotal and that communication building has been pivotal. One of the things, quite frankly, I'm I'm proud of in that space, I'm active there as well, is that when we see people who are giving us those fist bumps and are kind of sharing those things, it's just everybody in the pool. And then when it's Kelly Martin, who a lot of us have very vivid <laughs> memories of the work that you've done over the course of your acting career, it's really exciting. I don't know if you've oh. ever followed the threads after you comment on something or <laughs> amplify something, people get pretty fired up, oh, myself included. Thank you. It's It makes me smile. It's so sweet because I also, I am in, in awe of, of all of the things that you guys know. You know, I, I can't do what you do and I can only pretend to do what you do. And I have such... Um, I have such enormous respect for people who dedicate their lives to medicine and to yeah. it's 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 a, it's a bit of a it's serve it's service you know you are in service of others and I'm I'm so um I just think it's beautiful and um I think playing Lucy Knight helped me definitely kind of dive into that world but also the reason why I'm I'm so in awe of healthcare workers is because I I my sister was in the ICU for 2 months um she had lupus so I was in a hospital with these people who were doing everything they possibly could to save my sister. And I was there the whole time. And then a week after she passed away, I went to work on ER. So I had this kind of, this kind of, in, I don't know, medicine enveloped me. <laughs> and then I think I just haven't been able to shake it. And now that the pandemic's hit, I feel like all these feelings I have of being helpless and wanting to do something and um, everything just being so acute and important right now. I just, um, I think that's just why I've felt this overwhelming feeling to just reach out and hug you all and just be like, I'm, I see you. I'm grateful. I want to tell people to get vaccinated because that's something they can do. You know, like there's so many things we can't do as civilians, but like we can get vaccinated. We can stay home when we, you know, when we can um, and all those things. So I, I think that's, it's all rolled into that. And, and yes, it's so sweet when people get excited that Lucy's yeah, like yeah. their tweet, but that's I, awesome. like I said, I'm, I'm as in awe of, of all of you. It's so interesting though, to hear the dynamic that you had. That's a pretty concentrated time, obviously spending two months in a hospital with a loved one, then going on to the show where it's, I mean, it's heavily steeped in medicine. It's just that reminder of the imprinting of acute medical illness on our memories, on our affect, on the arc of the rest of our lives. It, yes. it never goes away. And as someone who, in my clinical work, I spend all my time on one side of that. I've been on the other side of it as well. 
it's it's hard to think there's only a few things in the human experience that are like that is it something that for you then when you have that opportunity even before the pandemic to interact with people in healthcare and to shake hands and just go the extra step that you're so clearly interested in doing was that something that has persisted since you know the 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 late 90s and into the 2000s yeah i mean i i think i wish i didn't have that acute experience you know sure. i wish of sure. course i wish i didn't but it's part of it's certainly part of who i am now it's part of my story and it's yeah. part of the story that i carry through my life and how i parent my children and and how i desperately try to protect them from this crazy weird novel virus that very much in my lay, layman's eyes looks like lupus there's so much of it wow. that reminds me of lupus it's like it just reminds me so much of what my sister went through oh you know the gosh. way the way it attacks the body and how you know involves the lungs and involves mm -hmm. the kidneys and like all it mm -hmm. strangely it's just really hit home with me wow and um you know not to make this too much about me but the pandemic's been traumatic just mentally for me like going through that and just purely wanting to protect my family like with everything yeah. i possibly can because i can yeah. control that it's not genetic like covid's not genetic yeah <laughs> like every everybody told me uh, you know autoimmune is autoimmune diseases are genetic and you just never know but like with this i'm like if i don't go out of my house then i then we won't get it mm -hmm. so so it's been it's been intense and yes it, it definitely permeates like all of my life and what was interesting is when I was doing ER, they wanted me to be this kind of this medical student who was sassy and kind of um, a know-it-all. And when she was with patients, they didn't want her to be too affected by them. I had a very hard time playing a doctor who wasn't very affected by her patients. Yeah. Like I, I would cry all the time in these scenes. Like the the you know the more you know the more the scenes that were more difficult they if i did cry in a take they'd say okay let's do one without you crying because you are playing a doctor you're playing a medical student you can't cry i'm like but it's sad <laughs> so wow. you know I, it, it was hard i had to kind of really push all those feelings yeah down what an interesting snapshot of, of their perceptions of medical culture at the time because the stoicism that was sort of imbued i mean that was there that's when i was a medical student I have had opportunities in the course of my career where my emotions come out for a variety of reasons with patients and their families. Yeah. And that's just part of the, 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 I guess part of my maturation as a doctor, because part of it is acknowledging that, yeah, I'm a doctor and I'm trained in all of these things. I'm a whole person. And there are moments of human tragedy and moments of elation as well, right. where it's okay for that thing to come out, tears, laughter, sadness, fear, and be a part of that human experience instead of trying to separate yourself from it. But it's interesting to hear that that's what they wanted you to do. <laughs> they did. And I think they wanted you to always save it for, uh, you know, the scenes like in the in the in the bay when you're like having a smoke after you know like like those <laughs> those moments with your colleagues as opposed yeah, to being yeah. in the room with the patients right um but yeah it was hard for me er i mean for obvious reasons since my sister had passed away a week before i started uh er was a, a terribly difficult roller coaster for me um but a blessing because I had to get up and put one foot in front of the other. I, yep. I had no choice. I had, you know, a 6 a.m. call time that I, I had to be there. I had to know my lines. I had to be able to say glomerulonephritis 
without blinking. And, you know, my dad's a kidney doctor. You just, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes. That was uh, one of my first scenes. Actually, I had to say that word in the middle of like a monologue and I, yeah, I will never forget how to say that word because I worked on it (laughs) for so long. And, and for someone who is, uh, you know, I'm very much like I'm I am not a science person. I am not a math person. I'm if anything beyond being an actor, like I was an art history major at college. Like that's my deal. But saying all these medical terms and thank God they had a doctor always on set. So we had something to hook in our mind about, mm-hmm. you know, what glomerulonephritis was. So we didn't just say the word without it being associated with anything. Okay. So that was really helpful. But they would show us the procedure like right before we'd film. And sometimes they'd have two cameras on. One would be on my hands. One would I'd be doing a spinal tap. And then one would be on my yeah. face. And oh, really, man. as an actor, you want to have the opportunity to get the dialogue correct and then they get the <laughs> spinal tap correct, not do both at the same time. No. So I actually had it great. Like, I was lucky because I play, played a medical student. Sometimes yeah. I would make mistakes and I'd just be like, well, I'm a medical student. I'm a like, medical she's student. learning. Like, she's, she doesn't know. <laughs> totally. So it was hard. It was, it's the hardest job I've ever had by far. That's amazing. I, it's great that you were able to bring the perspective, though, of an art history major. I'm a history major. I got my degree in history. Oh, and so there's what era a, there's is your favorite? 19th century American history. Oh, very so good. I, I, yeah. I, I salute that. I, I'm very much into that as well. Oh, right on. Very yes. cool. Yeah, I had, a, I had a wonderful professor at UCLA, Dr. Joan Walsh. She's still there. I had five classes with her. She's a genius. She's just the best. And I I learned how to write. I learned how to do so many things that I actually still do today mm-hmm. in terms of understanding people's interests and understanding that there's a there's a word that I love and comes up a lot on the show. It may have kind of crossed your path over the course of your uh, time on ER, pluripotent, the, the differentiation yeah. of a stem cell that allows it to go in lots of different directions and that we maintain that throughout our lives. We're not defined by one thing. We can do lots of different stuff. And so right. we're able to interface with art history and being on ER and going into all of these things. It's all kind of of a piece for me. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And I actually, I, I will say that through this pandemic, I've rediscovered um, my love of history as well. Um, It's, Yale offers all these classes online, like they sure do. pre-recorded courses. Yes, David Blight. I'm mm-hmm. I'm reading his um Frederick Douglass biography oh, right now, yeah. and it's amazing. I just took yeah. his Frederick Douglass class. Oh my gosh! I took a Civil War class at Yale. Yeah. Um, yep. Did you read Race and Reunion? No, I haven't read that one. It will blow your hair back. It's really good. Okay. It's about Civil War memory in contemporary America. It might be a little bit dated. I think it was published in like 04, 05. Mm-hmm. Monster book, monster. Really, okay, really. Okay, I'm going to put that one on my list. Um, yeah. Joanne Lots of discussion Freeman. around the lost cause mythology. Yes. Um, these sorts of things. And when you think about it now and you think about issues like critical race theory and how things get into schools, that's the lost cause mythology. And oh that's my they gosh. were really good. All these unreconstructed Confederates in the late 1860s and 1870s saying this needs to get into the schools. And wow. It, it, it's incredible. I feel like. Um, learning American history kind of through this pandemic, taking all these classes yeah. has um, has actually been so great for my parenting because I have a 15-year-old and I have a five-year-old. Wow. My 15-year-old is very, you know, she's, she's a high schooler now. And yeah. as we yeah. discuss history, I have so much more to offer her because I have oh. a real perspective now on yeah. American history that I didn't have before. And I have I one it. now because I started with Joanne Freeman's American Revolution class. Mm-hmm. 
um, that Yale offers and then just went through, uh, they have a great African-American studies class reconstruction to the present. And um, we have great discussions now, my 15 year old and I, and I, mm. I'm so excited about that because it's something I'm also really passionate about. You probably will see on Twitter. I, I also try, I try to avoid the haters, but really try to get that like, we need to teach American history. We need oh to learn God. American history without oh any God. of the nonsense of patriotic Some, Someday your 15-year-old will babysit my five-year-old and, and they can <laughs> get fully immersed. Right now he wants to be a doctor, but I, all of it's going to come out in time. I, I, I want to spend a little time being pretty granular with your experience on ER. And the reason for that is I was a first-year medical student um, when, in the second season you were on the show. My recollection of it is that the the really dramatic ending of the of Lucy Knight's character arc and the death scene and all of that sort of thing happened in February. It did. That that's when it aired. Yes. And I'm 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 curious. The concept of situational awareness is something that I love to think about. When it was released, did they give you a sense of the situational awareness of where people in training were going to kind of be and how they would be feeling when that came out? Oh my! And gosh. I'll tell you where we were, so but I'm just curious if they kind of teed you up a little bit around that. Not at all. No, they didn't. They yeah. didn't. And um, selfishly, I didn't think about that either because I was so in my own like, they killed me off. <laughs> <laughs> right. What am I going to do now? Um, yeah, yeah. No, but you're right. I mean, to to think about what that what that must have been must must have felt like for someone like you going through that and to be. It was like, hugely impactful. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. So f that stretch of time when you're in medical training is hard because the year feels never ending. It's dark. Um, you may or may not be far from home. I was in Houston, Texas. I wasn't in California, and I was mm -hmm. trying to make new friends and stuff like that. Um, it's a really difficult time when you're a resident in January, February, March, winter months, busy. It's a hard time, and so you're right. looking for these things that will entertain. And actually, one of my friends, she's on Twitter, um, Dr. Tatiana Prowl at oh, yes. Prowl on Twitter. She actually said to me, she said, I remembered um, how much it res she talked about. I was texting with her how much it resonated to the point where like after that season ended, she didn't watch TV until like Ted Lasso. Oh, wow. And that it was like she was in her residency. Like this was a lot to take on because we're we're in that swirl, right? Patients can sometimes get irate. Right. It's just a pressure cooker some of the time. I've watched the whole show. That is by far the most visceral scene that I can remember from watching every episode of ER. And I think it has something to do with where my mind was and what I was experiencing in February of 2000. Well, that makes a lot of sense because as you said, it's cold and dark and there's a lot of people who have the flu. <laughs> like yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a hard time in a hospital, I would think. Right. And you're um, the person we're trying to identify with. Right. You're our closest link star kind of on the floor the from being stabbed. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. And and actually I, I I have a question for you now that there's so much um insanity around uh people who don't believe that they have COVID, who have COVID, who scream at doctors and who make doctors and nurses' lives miserable when they're actually at the hospital with their family members. Has there ever been a moment in your experience that has been similar to this moment where people treat doctors this way when the doctor is actually trying to help them? Prior to this, prior to the pandemic, no. Um, I did get, like everyone else, training in spatial awareness, making sure you never have someone between you and a door. 
Mm. Um, making sure you always know how to get out, making sure you maintain space between you and the people in the room if you feel like you need to, but making sure someone comes into the room with you. Right. Um, I usually round with the nurse who's taking care of the patient with me, but it's it's kind of just drilled into your head. Like you need to just keep keep an eye on those sorts of things and just be mindful of it. Um, right. But no, I think that the the rancor, the the lowering of thresholds of temper, I haven't experienced something like this. And I don't think many people have yeah. on a one off. Sure. But right. Months right. Out, but months not in months. No. Right. No. Right. And it's that's part of the grind of this. You know, it's, it's right. Just, it's hard to be the subject of, of fury. I, uh, when when <laughs> you're trying to help like trying, that's yeah. and that's yeah. the thing that that I just can't get my head around but yeah. I I think you know I was certainly not for the same reasons but I certainly was uh it was a dark and difficult time to leave I I, I like yeah. I said the whole experience was difficult for me mm-hmm. I would never quit a job especially a job like that I mean uh yeah. I I've never made more money weekly in my life it was the it was a dream gig if you were yeah. just looking on looking at it on paper um and they didn't even I mean John Wells the creator of the show called me in to tell me that I was going to be killed that that I was going to leave the show yeah um and I had no idea they were going to kill me off the cast had no idea they were going to kill me off. They read it in the script. And um, because it took place over two episodes and the first script came out and I hadn't died, you know, I was just stabbed at the end of the first script. All the actors said to me, like, they're like, you're not, you're going to be okay. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm not. They're like, what? So it was a really weird, like surprise to everyone yeah. They really debated what to do with me. They wanted some big thing in February and Lucy was going to be the sacrificial lamb. But they finally decided to stab her. And um, I did ask them, I said, look, I don't want to put my family through watching this. Like, honestly, my mom has been through enough with my sister and whatever. I said, could you just do me a favor? Don't show Lucy dead at the end. Like, kill her off, fine. But please don't show her dead at the end. Like, putting the, you know, the, the shred, like the sheet over her face and they said so you know john was like sorry sorry and i was like okay and that was wow. the last scene i ever shot on er line a slab with them putting the sheet over my face um which i thought was oh. uh i know it's good tv but it was really hard for me just as a person to stomach it um to this day my parents have never seen the episode don't let them watch it. I won't it. let them. <laughs> yeah. But certainly at the time, it was just so, ugh, it was so charged. And Wow. Yeah. And, um, but you know, that's showbiz, right? Like, I, I don't. Just, that's the thing. I, I don't. I it's showbiz and it's yeah. good TV. It's, and really look whoa. at what, what it, it really stayed with people. So, it um, sure did. So I guess, you know, I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that is sort of a strange place to be in where on the one hand, it's this really traumatic thing that, as you say, like 30 plus million people watch 20 years later, you know, still resonant. Um, one of the other things that Tatiana shared with me and she gave me permission to say this is that for a lot of women that were in her program at the time, it was very demoralizing uh, to have this shining character who they loved, who could, they could identify with, get slaughtered. Oh, yeah. Was, was in that time, it was like, Oh my gosh, what what are we doing? Yeah. No, I I I I again like never thought of that, but absolutely see that. That's 
That's really hard. Well, I never watched the show after that either. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't have that same urge to go back. I always like to talk with my friends, like what shows are sort of rewatchable. Yeah. Why is ER not in that rewatchable place? Why hasn't it had that friends renaissance? It's a, it's a, it's interesting. It's, it's an amazing, I mean, the cast, right? Oh when, yeah. When you were on the show. That's like the 85 Lakers. That's ridiculous. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I it's, mean, it was, it was mega star uh, after mega star. I saw dream- the poster of all of you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know all of you. Yeah, it was uh it was a and the cast and the the camera crew and the yeah. writers and the directors like it was I it didn't get any better than that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe the show is is so emotional that it's hard to revisit. I mean, maybe yeah. it's um I'm not sure. I mean, certainly like right now is when I go back to watching things, it's like Shit's Creek and Totally. For some Lassa. strange reason yeah. Downton Abbey. Um but <laughs> What those are those are the two like things yeah. I've gone back to. Um yeah. Yeah. and we'll rewatch. I mean, even in preparation for this, I did not go back and rewatch those scenes. I didn't watch any of the of the Lucy Knight ER. I remember it. Yeah. I don't need to I don't know. It's it's very strange. I'd love to see it have a renaissance like that. Um, because there's that was it it came out in my sort of formative time. I was a freshman in college when it came out. Mm-hmm. And so my whole experience of do I want to go into medicine? Do I not? Do I want to do this or that? I mean, I'd be lying if I say it wasn't informed by the most popular show on television that Absolutely. I watched every week with my friends. And what an amazing job they did with um, the real medicine of it. I mean, there were there were staff writers who were ER docs. And before I even stepped on set, I went and did a rotation with one of our ER docs. Come on. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they wanted it to be as real as possible wow. they were wow. so meticulous um and neil bear i was uh, a staff writer when i came on and then he ended up kind of taking over um the show and he ended up going on to svu after that so he was okay. an er doc and a and, and a writer he's an incredible person and what he brought to that show and what he brought to a show like svu where yeah. you wouldn't think an er doc would bring but he did. He brought so much interesting perspective and storylines because you everything that walks through the door of an ER is interesting. There's not anything that's not interesting. No. You never know what you're going to get. For, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Do you still wear scrubs ever? Uh, I don't wear scrubs. I had the clogs <laughs> that I wore okay. yeah. for I'm telling you, years. Those clogs last. With the ones that were on the show? Yeah. The ones that I wore on the show. Oh, that's I cool. because they mold to your foot. They're yeah, the sure. proper wooden clogs. Oh, and yeah. I had those for years. No, I still <laughs> this is so weird. My five-year-old recently like opened one of these trunks that I have, which I just have all this memorabilia because I've been acting since I was seven. Anyway, yeah. there was the big like oxygen pump thing, you know, the mm-hmm. big plastic. Oh yeah. What what's that called? Ambu bag. Okay, the ambu bag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have that from Lucy, from the one that was on Lucy's face. So my oh, five-year-old, like, oh, what is this? I'm like, oh, sweetie, it's a long story. Like, I'm not going to get into it. If you ever want to set Med Twitter aflame, oh, I do should. a little thread of some ER memorabilia pictures. Okay, I should take We will go that. nuts. That's so funny. I, and I, I'll speak for myself. That would be cool. I do have scrubs. The, the whole cast would get a, a, a stack of scrubs and everybody signed the scrubs and that would go to various charities. So That's I do have cool. some of those yeah. scrubs. That and is mine really cool. have, because I was in the last season with George. So I yes. have the Clooney, Clooney signature, which is wow. pretty rad. <laughs> There's a perception of him being 
uh, a fun person, an affable guy, a funny guy. Is is that the was that the case? In your, was it? That's cool. Oh, that's gosh. good to know. He's he is one of those guys that you meet for two seconds and you feel like you know him, and he's just what you see is what you get. Yeah, he is a good person, and the thing I loved so much about him is that when I came onto the show, he was the biggest star of the people on the show. He he and Anthony Edwards were by far the most humble the most lovely George literally played basketball every second. He wasn't on set saying dialogue. He played basketball <laughs> with the crew. He loved oh. the crew so much. Yeah. Um, really, really, really good guy. So kind to me. Um, so great. And Anthony Edwards was so, so kind to me. So I, I'm so grateful for those two. They, they were great. That's amazing. Another, another friend from Twitter. She's a pediatric hospitalist at Dr. Jesse Allen wanted to know, and I do too, has there ever been talk of a reunion? There seems to be this golden era of reunion shows now on like HBO Max. Would we ever yeah. see something like that for ER for like the um, 25th anniversary or something? I would really doubt it. Yeah. Uh, I know the cast every once in a while will get together um, for some reason or another. Um, I'm definitely, the cast has had so many different iterations that it depends on what years you want to talk about, you know, like 99 and 2000, please. There's so, well, thank you. But there's so many, there's so many different casts really. And Noah kind of ended up being the only constant really I think, in the end. So I, I would be very surprised. I feel like they went so many seasons and they kind of left it all on the table like they just left it all there yeah. uh but who knows like life goes on is uh something that we're rebooting uh, uh we don't know for sure, for sure for yeah. sure but okay. that's the kind of shit we'd only ran four years yeah. and i feel like there were a lot more stories to tell so you've been laying breadcrumbs about this over the uh, last couple of weeks can, can we get any sort of inside baseball from you a little bit i mean it's been going on since 2019 so okay. that's why it's like finally i can share a little bit because wow. it these things sometimes take so many years. So where we're at now is basically Warner Brothers has been developing it since 2019. And we finally got a writer showrunner um, and and Keche Okoro Carroll, who runs All American for CW. She is our writer and would be our showrunner. We sold it to, to NBC. So NBC now, there's like a, it's called a put pilot agreement, which means basically if they don't make it as a pilot, they have to pay all these penalties. Um, So it gives them incentive to make it. And they definitely are very excited about it. So we'll see. But really, until I'm on set filming, I'm not going to be like, it's happening. It's definitely as close to happening as it can be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but basically the, the whole premise is Becca is, um, and this is, this was my idea. Becca is a high risk pregnancy doctor. And she's married to um, a cardiothoracic surgeon. Um, <laughs> of course, I mean, she's a doc. Of course, she's. A are, are you? <laughs> um, but she's a high risk pregnancy doctor for probably obvious reasons. I mean, she delivers twins. She delivers babies with Down syndrome. Like that's you know that would be what she did with her life. So basically, we cut to Becca Thatcher, her family, and and then. Corky's world, like the world of Glenbrook, what happens to a 50 something year old man with Down syndrome when he's in his 50s? Like, what happens to that person? So, um, 
I mean, that's kind of just the gist of it. Can we follow your Twitter to get some updates to follow the breadcrumbs? Like, will you give yeah. it little teasers and tell us oh, when we're what, what's up? The second I know we're shooting the pilot, I you will probably hear me screaming because <laughs> I will be so excited. Because really, truly, life goes on is the was the most satisfying, gratifying, amazing family. Like, I just I loved it so much, and I I started it when I was 13 and finished it when I was 17. Wow. Such an important show to like my, just my life and yeah. development of who I am as a person and all That's of that. Amazing. So yeah. So I'm it's excited to, to revisit you it. reflect on these things because one of the things that comes out, there's, there's a, there's a real passion, right? There's energy that, that obviously when you're on TV and you're acting, it comes out, but it's authentic because as we're sitting here talking, like it's late at night, we've both had a long, busy day, <laughs> but it's pretty clear that these things still get you just get the fire going and, yeah. and sort of the middle part of a career when you're still, you know, you're at your prime, you've got a family, you've done all of this stuff. Where does passion, where does energy, where does being agile and kinetic, where does that still come from for you? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think... I think ultimately, I I truly love being an actor, and um, I I love the process of being on set with the crew and in the okay. trenches. I love it so much. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say development is not like necessarily what I love, which is all I've been able to do throughout the pandemic. Um, so the thought of being on set again, and especially the idea of saying being Becca again, is is really exciting to me. I think. I've tried to do a lot of different things and I find that I'm best suited to acting. <laughs> um, truly. Amazing. Like I, I just love it. It's just, it's just who I am. Um, and whenever I have the opportunity to do it, I consider myself incredibly blessed. And um, like I said, I've been doing it since I was seven. So yeah. it's just, it's just in my, it's just in my blood now. But uh, I really didn't want to act during the pandemic. Because mm-hmm. that would have required me to trust everybody else on mm-hmm. set, the other actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even when the vaccines came out, I still was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to risk my health, my future health, um, mm-hmm. and the health of my family just for a gig. So um, that was, that's was that been hard. I've, yeah. I've yeah. lost my actor's health insurance for the first time in my entire life. Because wow. it doesn't matter how much you work as an actor. If yeah. you go a year without working, you can lose your health insurance. You're like in the Hall of Fame and they still take your health insurance. Yes. So I lost my health insurance. I've had to buy it, um, which I've never had to do in my entire life, like since I was seven. But it's been hard to not work as an actor. Yeah. yeah. Because um, truly all the things I've been working on in development may or may not happen. It, it's so funny to think about that juxtaposition because I think a lot of us are in that same place of you have all this passion and energy, commitment, you know, gathered knowledge, and yet we're all still still sort of restrained, right? We're like in the we're like at the starting line. We are ready to roll. I, I'm I'm one of those people. We've talked on the show recently. Megan Rainey, she's an ER doc at, at, oh, yeah. uh, at Brown. I know who she yeah, is. She, she's incredible. I know all we the people to... you've mentioned, by the way. <laughs> like awesome. I know all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Megan's amazing. We talked about this concept of pragmatic optimism that I'm not down. I'm not, I don't feel defeated. We just have to kind of ride through this, this, this tempest right now. But man, on the other side of it, it's there. I mean, we are going to come out flying when (laughs) we come out like, and and you're flying. What does that feel like for you with, how do you help your kids to fly? How do, how do we, 
how, how do we turn it loose? That is that is a very very good question and one I cannot wait to experience because right. I, I, I I'll have no, you I, back on it. We'll talk about it. I know exactly. I do feel like what Megan said is what does she call it? Pragmatic optimism. Pragmatic optimism. Yeah. I mean, I do think the the thing is there's work to be done even yeah. in this moment. Like there's so yeah. much work to be done, and for you, there's obvious work to be done. There's there's people that need you. For me, being home raising my children, like I've never been home being a mother <laughs> for this much time. Like I'm always off doing a job. And my husband yeah. is like, he does like he's Mr. Mom. So I've, I've used this time to be a mother. I've used this time, as I said, to learn history. I've used this time to like develop different skills. There's work to be done here. It's maybe not the work I would choose for myself. So when we're out of this and it's safe again, I want to travel. I want to like take my girls to Paris. Like I've really, I've not traveled because it's like hard to travel with a five-year-old. Like you don't want to do it. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> um, but I want them to experience the world. Um, yeah. yeah. But I do think we've all been dealt a healthy dose of perspective. And I really can't wait until we all can say, wow, we really had it good. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have it good now, but we have it good again. But I hope, God, I hope we've learned. There's so many, you and I will have learned. And I yeah. think the thing that makes me sad is that there will so many, there will be so many people who come out of this pandemic who haven't learned what they needed to learn. Yeah. yeah. And that makes me so sad. Yeah. We, we, we we're very quick to sort of label communities and professions in certain ways. It's convenient, right? It drives clicks and things like that. How would you say your community uh, in the world of creativity, in the world of acting, acknowledging it's very heterogeneous. Is it is it aligned with, in your experience, is it aligned with what you think? I would imagine that you don't silo yourself in terms of groupthink, right? You're off trying to learn history and you're, you're, you're still expanding your horizons. Do you feel like when you're doing the work you do to sort of stand up with us and kind of be shoulder to shoulder on this journey, do you feel like in your professional community, are you the, the exception or is that kind of a... a a normal thing for people to be doing. I I don't see. I, I wish I saw more people like me standing up and supporting mm -hmm. this your community. I think a lot of people are afraid to say too much. You have the Alyssa Milano's of the world who are who say everything and are very very much. They they are who they are, and and you either love them or hate them. You know, she gets the people, pilloried. She does. On the regular, but then yeah. she's worshipped by those who agree with her. Um, so, so there's that, then there's a lot of actors who just kind of want to fly under the radar and talk about, oh my gosh, I've got like, my new Christmas show is on this Sunday. I find that to be that, that I find to be a little offensive because I'm like, you've got to acknowledge the moment we're in. So, so all of these actors who are just pimping out their next project without acknowledging this moment that we're in, I find it to be a bit inhumane. Like it's just not being human. I, I can't be that person. But but as an actor, I find also that you get so much Kelly in whatever it is, I whatever character I'm playing. It's like I'm the worst liar you've ever met in your life. <laughs> I have to put whatever it is into my work, you know, whatever moment I'm living through. And I just can't imagine not acknowledging the moment we're in um, creatively. And I mean, I think as we're developing life goes on, you know, it's very important to me that she's a doctor and that and that her past 
experience with her brother having Down syndrome and her her boyfriend having being HIV positive informed who she became as a person. But it feels so appropriate at this moment that we would be developing that show because that makes sense. And also, we I think also need to acknowledge families and what families go through and all the all the crazy stuff each individual family goes through and to remind people yes there are families that have 50 year old men with down syndrome and you don't what happens to them like how do they navigate their life how do you help your brother navigate that like you know i just i I hope that the creative community and i feel like they have in a lot of ways when you see the content being put out you have either escapism or you have poignant Let's deal with the moment we're in. Let's talk about um, making our casts more diverse. Let's talk about like being empathetic and compassionate and all those things. I do feel like there are people who are doing that, but on Twitter, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you're making us ask some questions because it is easy to just seek escapism and to just go down a YouTube rabbit hole of, you know, cooking shows and and sports highlights. And that's fine. I mean, I do it all the time. But it's also good to have really constructive pieces that will inform down the road. People will look back and say, this was the content that was being made in 2021 and 2022 and 2023. These are the questions that had to be asked. There'll be really good time capsules, I think, for right? We're both kind of historians in our training. We know the importance of those primary sources. People will circle back and say, These were the important questions that were being asked. These were the responses that were being given. And we're going to have to reconcile that. Absolutely. I mean, I I think um, we need to be, to a certain extent, we need to reflect. uh, We need to reflect the moment we're in. And there are the Ted Lassos of the world. And it really truly is. That's escapism. But it's also this kind of like super positive humor and it, it, it's it's still appropriate it still feels can we spend a minute can we right. spend a minute on ted lasso i have to tell go? you i'm not an expert on ted lasso right? i don't need expertise okay. what you just okay. said so in our community for me i'll speak for myself but i know in our community of healthcare professionals it has had extraordinary resonance that none of us expected um interesting it's entertainment acknowledging it but it's you know it's done in such a fashion where the resonance i think comes from the the idea of people living through a shared experience leveraging skills like accountability and kindness and honesty and the ability to to be wrong and to work to get better and doing that work in a chaotic environment where there are outside forces that are evil there are, there are outside forces that are pushing in and to sort of keep moving that forward the the resonance of it has been extraordinary we actually yeah. created a spinoff of this show called Med Lasso. Yeah, we, I've seen that hashtag. <laughs> it's it's, it's amazing. Like people love it because again, it's it's just another place. It's another place for that community to fit in and for us to just feel shoulder to shoulder right. with more more others, more other more people walking roads. And so, um, right. people ask me like, should I watch it? Am I doing something wrong? I'm like, look, no, watch it if you want to, but it's there for you. And then there's this community now that's built up around it. Mm-hmm. I think if ER came back, I think similar things would happen. We would all re-identify. We would lock back in. When you were there, whether you knew it or not, and I suspect that you did, that this is these are touchstones. These are things that we hold on to, and they'll twenty years later. Oh wow, yeah, that's what I was watching, and this is how I remember things. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I, I love, I, I, 
recently the people, the doctors and uh, who have reached out to me on Twitter and told me that I was a part of that Lucy was a part of their a part of their life um, at very important moments when they were um, training is uh, it makes me so happy. And it makes me, um, you know, those are the moments when I'm like, what a cool job I have, you know, that I can be part of someone's life and not even know it. Yeah. Um, But then at the other, you know, the other hand, like I, I look at the doctors that cared for my sister and I think about them every day and I don't know if they think of me, but they were so important to me. And I hung on their every word and um, still remember specific sentences they said to me. And um, there's just so much that, you know, it's interesting that that dichotomy is really interesting. The ability of you to see that and, and recapitulate it for us is extraordinarily important because we need to always be reminded of the power of the words that we have when we're at the bedside, especially when we're tired. And I've been there, especially when we're distracted and I've been there. Yeah. Um, it's you, you have to figure out and, and build those skill sets. Have you ever had the opportunity to, to work with or coach physicians, nurses, healthcare professionals around language, around affect, around body language, things like that? No, I haven't. That would I, be I interesting, I think. That would be that interesting. Would be, that would be cool. I mean, I um, am so interested, like I now that when like whenever even I go into like my my visits for like my well visit with my doctor yearly and I'm just so interested in um, because now I'm all I'm the same age as all of my doctors. You know what I mean? Like that's that's so interesting to me because I want them to know so much more than me. So in some ways (laughs) I want them to like and they do and they do about their field. But it's um. I, I just think it's really interesting. I have this kind of fascination and love for doctors, but at the same time, they scare the shit out of me because they know so much more than me. And um, I depend on them. I depend on them immensely for yeah. you know my health, even though I'm trying not to need them right now. That's right. It's, <laughs> I'm a doctor and doctors scare the shit out of me too. It's fine. It, it's, it's normal. When, when you're there... It's uh, I don't know. It's just you're. It's it's a strange place to be in, and you are hanging on every word. You're vulnerable. Um, you're yeah, vulnerable. You're all yeah. of those things. Yeah. Acknowledging that you're still in this place where your career is going to do so many cool things. I, I I I think it would be very interesting. Again, when we're let out of the traces and we're all running again, for there to be that space where we get to do a little coaching with you and we get to do a little bit of learning alongside you and from you. Uh-huh. I think it would be pretty powerful. So yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that until just no, now. Oh, interesting. As I'm, Very interesting. As I'm thinking it through, right, <laughs> we would sign up because we're like, look, we get to m- meet Lucy. That. That's, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. But then from there, right, it's how do we acknowledge what's just happened and how do we still work to get better? How do we find opportunities for improvement? And it, we don't know all of it. How do we reach out to other industries, other experts to mm-hmm. continue on a path of of improvement, fun, collaboration, community? It's 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 It will be there for the taking. Yeah, I th- I think it's I think it's really great though when um when you work on a production like ER that has um that takes the medicine so seriously and and makes yeah. sure that it's all meticulously done because I have worked on sets that really did need that that um technical advisor and they didn't have one <laughs> and they like there was a scene I did on this show this Hallmark show I did Haley Dean where my boyfriend always it's always like my boyfriends always are getting like almost killed and whatever. And he's, uh, I don't even remember what happened to him, but he was supposed to be intubated. Okay. And they just had a little oxygen mask. Over. When I came to rehearsal, they had like some oxygen mask over and I'm yeah. like, yeah, that doesn't yeah. look right. And they're like, yeah. Oh, what, what do you mean? I'm like, 
he literally is like something's breathing for him. Like that's right. what it says in the script. They're like, oh, yeah. so it's that. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, really? <laughs> so I'm so I'm the technical advisor all of a sudden. Okay, sure. I know what I know what it means to be intubated. I mean, we did it on ER all the time. Like, oh, I can I show you. It. Do you have the equipment here, or should we change the script? I think we should change the script. Oh my gosh! Oh I my love gosh! It, it, it oh. Ha- that happens far too often. Oh, you well, you did a great service to the show because when those <laughs> things happen, we hammer them. Of we, course, as you should. We hammer them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, oh my so gosh. Oh, that's too good. That's too good. <laughs> You've been extraordinarily generous with your time. I we could we could go on and on, but I don't want to do that. That's that's not fair to you at all. But how do people find you? You you have made yourself available. You're obviously still doing so much great work. How do people find you? How do they follow along with the work that you're doing? I mean, I'm my Instagram and my Twitter. I definitely am. I I like to tell people what I'm up to. Um, this new podcast uh, called The Big Break with Chad Lowe uh, just came out. So that's something we've, I think like six episodes have been released. Um, tomorrow's episode has Patty Lapone in it. So that is a great way to follow me. I don't know. That's probably it. And then hopefully I'll wind up on your television, hopefully on NBC. Hopefully our life goes on. Pilot will happen and we'll get to be in your living room again. Amazing. What yeah. a treat this was. Thank you for what you're doing as part of our community. Thank you for continuing to provide wonderful things to to help us feel entertained and feel oh. like we're seeing a different future. And thanks for coming and spending so much time with us. This was amazing. Thank you for having me and thank you for what you do. My thanks once again to Kelly for joining us on Explore the Space podcast. This was just so great. Her social media handles are in the show notes for this episode. Please do give her a follow. And you can keep up on not only the wonderful ways that she supports healthcare professionals all around the world, but also the cool stuff that she's got coming our way. Thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about Creighton's executive MBA and executive fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. You can find me on social media at ETS show on Twitter at Explore the Space Show on Instagram. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. And the whole archive of Explore the Space podcast is at www.explorethespaceshow.com. We will be back soon with more great content. Until then, take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.